0: Bury molasses Here. Oh,
1: my God. Oh. <laughs> <Ooh. coughs>
2: Check one, two. That's the, my. That's my right ear still out for some reason.
3: My left ear is out. For reals? Yeah, I only hear you on the right side.
2: I only you hear out of you? my left ear. <laughs>
3: that's <laughs>
4: what <we laughs> both ears are working. Mine are fine. I'm right in the middle. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <got a
2: little. laughs> my porridge is too <laughs> too <be> cold. <laughs>
5: Huh? on that radio and back here the cops ain't likely to catch up with us not tonight so we can all be quiet and peaceable and listen to the music no,
1: This episode of Auto Dealer Live is brought to you by TrueCar.
4: Alright guys, what's up? We don't have a TV, video, monitor, view, but I'm sure momentarily that's going to come right up on. It ain't working. Don't throw we anything just, at me. Hey, you, listen, should, man. you should know. You need hey, to know. Hey, how else do you want me to tell you? How else do you... Listen, we come live on the show and the monitors are on, what would you like me to do? Be like, hey, what's up guys? we hey. got to
3: figure some hand signals. <laughs> <I laughs> figure some hand signals. They're
2: like not like looking. The, uh, like uh, MLB. Like
3: MLB.
4: <laughs> what's up T? <laughs> hey, it's Trump. What up? up? It's trumped, trumped up. up, baby.
2: Give us a little bit today. This show is going to be so tremendous. It's going to be. Mm-hmm. You're going to see things you've never seen before. There's going to be. I'm, I didn't work on no, it that way. I, man. Keep going. I, I like didn't it. do it. Yeah, I know, because I'm you guys texting, are my I'm, friends. am to tell doing a
4: quick here to get some going. Go <laughs> ahead, Are you texting?
2: So, yeah, man, listen. Uh, hey, this is a great show today.
4: I'm excited. And you know what? We're going to talk about the policies of the president, the 45th president of the United States of America and what they mean for the car business. We are anxious to see the audience weigh in because look, you can't, dude, I'm 44 years old, right? I'm almost 45. You're a little older, you're a little younger, Yes. but I have never seen an environment positive or negative like this. I've never seen
3: anything like it ever. No, and I'm excited to hear what you have to say. He's shaking things up. He's shaking Come things on. up. You know, uh, Tommy. Shaking what's funny is, you know, when you did your impression of uh, of President Trump last week, I was thinking kind of like Alec Baldwin. You 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 kind of gave yourself some job security. You're like locked in for the next four years.
2: Four years of this. You're welcome, suckers. <laughs> yeah, I'll get better at it. Um, I don't know, man. You know, you can say whatever. I mean, you may or may not like. I don't know. I don't. You may or may not like his political leanings. I don't know that. Uh, I don't know what you're thinking. I'm not in your head, okay? But here's what I do know: you can't deny the cat gets stuff done. He's a businessman. He just like he just he's just moving on things. So I just there's some things I really appreciate about it, and I think consumer confidence, I think, is on the on the up. I think there is some things that are just I don't know. I just I think. I'm optimistic. Do you know? I don't. I wish I knew. I don't know. I just stated that I don't well, know. Good,
4: the good news is, Dave, our guests today know, and I think you they think do that, because they they've got their pul- their fingers on the pulse of the auto business. And what we're going to talk about today, it's not really the political. This is not a political show. Right. This is this is the policies that are placed forward. The, the environment. We've come off of three back to back years of record breaking auto sales. Now the pundits, the 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 naysayers, and even even very solid individuals in the auto business—I mean, many in which the last few months of this show have come on and said, "Man, we've been riding the high, we've been riding the momentum. Things are going to begin to change. We got to prepare." And I get that. There's there's a realist aspect of that, and I don't think that that's a doom and gloom. I think it's <clears throat> I think it's somebody saying, "Hey, I'm a businessman. I'm a businesswoman. Look out for this." But there's some. I actually think that there we could see even higher growth in the industry because because of things that weren't there the last 3 years. I mean the here, here's the thing about the industry. This is what I want to hear you the audience weigh in on. I'd love you to call in today. I think that there's room for you to call in today. We have four panelists and the number is right on the screen is 813 813- Right one, uh, five, seven, four, 18, 20. Right there. And this would be a great day for you to weigh in because, and if you're on Twitter, on Facebook, hashtag auto weigh in, we'll get your comments on air because I'd like to hear what you think about the environment that's being created for business, not your political view, sure. but as a business person, is this going to be good for the industry? And I'd like to hear that because there's a lot of things that are happening that, um, that can go one way or the other. I'm excited to, to hear what the experts are going to say.
3: I am too, because you know these are guys that uh, that you know have a direct impact. What what happens next, you know, with the auto auto manufacturers and and the influence now that the new president is having in a lot of these policy changes, it's going to directly affect us. Now, how what that is going to look like is still kind of up in the air, and I, I can't wait to hear the opinions of the experts we have on today. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, being in this business for such a long time you know i think one of the reasons we have heard on auto dealer live that hey prepare get ready um you know we've been riding this wave it's because traditionally historically we had have waves we mm-hmm. have had waves and we have been riding this one for a while and i think a lot of it came off of the pent-up demand from the economic downturn and the credit uh you know uh, kind of tightening up Bubble. and things like that yeah so now well, that uh, we've been selling so much for so long You know, we're kind of ready, but hopefully...
4: Here's my question, though. I mean, this is the thing, really, I want to the ask the experts. Frozen. Yeah, I know my hands are cold, yeah. man. Well, I mean, I'm sorry, man. I got a Yeti here. You know, these okay. Yetis, they keep things cold for 24 hours or 48 hours. Yeah. It's cold. But, shoot. But, you know, you, I, I'm, I'm interested because, look, here's here's my question. Again, we're not going to get political today, but we're talking about what politics or the the, the, the the chief office of the land and the policies of the land, when it comes to regulations and business and, 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 and constrictions and freedom and so forth, what it... Means for industries, and specifically the auto industry, with regards to our show today and our topic and our in our genre. But here's the thing: I want to know, and I want to ask these experts. You know, did the auto industry thrive in the last three years in spite of President Obama's regulations and policies? Meaning that I know there was a bailout, but a bailout. You know, many manufacturers, domestic and even even Ford. You know, or I'm sorry, many manufacturers import, and and of course Ford domestically did not participate in that, mm-hmm. and so was that bailout something that quote save the industry or did the industry the industry that we know and love so much the hustle the, the, the you know the, the the scrapping the fighting the making something happen the never die industry did that have everything to do with it and now the policies that are getting rolled out are just going to be like icing on top of a freaking amazing cake and i want to know what they have to say and and i'm excited and it's just around the corner Tommy we're going to get to ask you know, guys like Bill Feinstein. Bill has the number one Honda store in the land. Come on, man, number that's one. Huge. <laughs> that's stronger. One? That's stronger than new, that's stronger than New Rope. And we got Osha Berry. <laughs> Osha is a uh, GM, and he just landed, I think, at a brand He's new at store. A
2: Ford store. I believe Ford store. In what state? I think Mississippi. Well, Mississippi. With yeah. Come
4: on, you know how I learned how to spell that? M I S S. M I crooked letter. Crooked letter I hump
2: Crooked letter I
4: hump back. Hump back. I guess I didn't learn how to spell it. I have never heard that. You never heard
3: that. I've never heard. I that. learned I mean, that, tell that you from the as show. Old as you were, the I thought show. that you would have heard that.
2: Uh, the show I learned that from was um, what's, happening. That what's, happening? Yeah, oh. what's happening. I learned that what's happening. Yeah,
3: what's happening? Yeah, what's now. happening now? Yeah,
4: yeah.
2: Yep. yep, yep, yep. D and you yep, know D and Dwayne, Raj, all them. Dwayne.
4: Hey, so so so, and then we have Osha Berry, and then we have Philip Hogue. Philip is also in. No, Phillip's in Mississippi. I'm not sure. Are you sure that Osha's in Mississippi? Phillip's in Mississippi. Can they either way? Can they not be both in Mississippi? They can, but we did not plan that. If they are, what a great time for the state of Mississippi. Right, yes. two dealers. Both dealers in Ruffing Mississippi could be on today. Right, but before we continue to say that, we need to make sure that we're right. But I think we're right. <laughs> Philip Pogue is the general manager of Bush uh Chevrolet. Guy is a car guy, and then we have Steve Matthews. He's in North Carolina. He has been an operator and owner. He's a, the chief executive officer of the Matthews <clears throat> Motor Company, and uh, a couple of independent, strong, very successful independent lots and also just acquired uh, recently i believe in the last uh, year or so a uh, a new car franchise and so we've got four car guys on that are going to be talking about this subject and uh you I know it's interesting. interesting
2: steve stallings already weighed in he said it's not that a crash is coming it's that most dealers aren't prepared to operate in a flat market if that then that's something uh, there's uh, there's probably some truth to that so steve if you want to join the call and you want to join the conversation today, <clears throat> Uh, call in. We'll do our best to get you on when um, uh, we start doing everything. So we got
4: a minute before we have to go to commercial, and the next up will be the trumped-up panel. So Dave, won't you take us take us out for the next minute before we go to break? Sing, sing something, sing yeah. a little ditty.
3: Yeah, sing something. Look at that on the lid. No, you know, I mean, I think that. uh you do that? I think it's going to be a great show because you know uh, the, one of the first things that that Trump did, obviously, uh, in his I believe his first week on the job was he you know he met with the manufacturers now that that one thing that i did like about that move and again it whatever side of your fence you're on with trump is is almost irrelevant really to the show we're just talking about how it's affecting things right now and um but one of the things i did like is that you know he brought those um the leaders of the you know the big three and uh, the car manufacturers brought them in and sat with them and talked to them uh, directly. So I think that was that was smart. Yeah, uh, it, it was smart because uh, he's a
2: businessman.
4: Well, yeah, but you know he what? Is though, businessman. <clears throat> but hey, listen to this.
3: Before we go to break, no, cribs.
4: Wouldn't you be interested? Because Steve said, "Hey, it's not a question of a crash coming. Can de- dealers operate in a flat market?" Well, here's my question. I get what Steve's that saying. Kind mm-hmm. you no, saying. I, I And too, by really. the way, I'm not saying that Steve's wrong, <clears throat> and, not, and I don't think any of us are because yeah. we don't really know. But my question would be that, you know, a lot of, uh, last time we kind of talked about this, you know, this came up, not, not, not the Trump aspect, but the aspect of where the business was heading, what's on the horizon, which is not, which is not long ago. And Steve right. Stein weighed in, I'm sure, there then as well. <clears throat> one of the things I will point out is that Trump wasn't president. Right. or he, and, and he, Or no one could really anticipate if he were the elect president. I'm not really sure at that time when exactly it was however no one could even have anticipated what he'd done in the first couple weeks how he's like tommy said take action so take an action so Mm -hmm. i'd like i want to hear this
3: yeah i absolutely i do too and uh and to answer his question i i think there are few dealers that are really prepared for any type of major change if that were to occur it's just the 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 wave's been so long you know going that uh i think a major slowdown right now would be a big disruptor but hopefully that won't happen
4: Okay, cool. I'm just, you know what? Hey, just so you guys can watch, see, we produce the producers, not Ezra, because Ezra is like on point. He operates the machinery, but wow. the guy who's supposed to be telling us what time I'm going to throw, right, throw him under the, the the heart line. There you go. Come on, Lou. Throw him under you the know, bus. look at this, this just, you're just bebopping around over heart there. Heart I'm telling you to remind us to go
2: to break. We'll be right back. <laughs> the next up is the Trumped Up Trumped Up panel. The Trumped Up panel.
3: Hi, I'm Chip Perry. Earlier this year, we made a pledge to dealers that outlined some major changes designed to make TrueCar a more positive place for you to do business. I can't say enough how valuable your feedback has been and how much we believe that your ongoing advice and guidance will enable us to continue to improve our service to you in meaningful ways. On behalf of everyone at TrueCar, I want to sincerely thank you for your support and guidance while we are making these fundamental changes needed to ensure that TrueCar works better for you. See more at truecar.com slash pledge.
1: Hey, Jason Rice from lot Pop. Lot Pop is a new and used car consultant firm. Where we do weekly calls with our dealers, but we track out and trend out hundreds of charts looking at their inventory management tool and marketing on third-party sites. We've taken the top 25 metrics and created our own lot score for our dealerships, which will allow us to break our inventory down into current status of our inventory, the marketing of our inventory, the stocking of our inventory, and ROI. We're making that same scoring system available to all dealerships, clients or not. This is a great system for dealership dealer groups also to compare their dealerships week after week Week and how their inventory is scoring out to their goals and the best practices. Introductory price of 195 a month, no contracts. Check out more information at lotpop.com. Click on Lot Score, get a demo, sign up for a demo, or call us at 844 lotpop4. Thanks.
6: Is this helping you sell cars today? Does the dealership look like it's being effectively managed? So why does this happen? The problem is managers that don't really know how to manage and training that isn't really training. Think about this. Most management teams focus almost all their attention on only what's happening on the lot and in the showroom. In other words, the majority of our managers' time and effort is focused on a very limited pool of opportunities. The most successful dealers and management teams recognize that there are exponentially more opportunities happening outside the showroom that need to be converted. They execute an effective training strategy and they manage a few simple yet highly effective processes. The following video demonstrates what it looks like when it all comes together. You'll feel the energy of managers and salespeople making things happen, versus waiting for them to happen.
1: There is the captain. That's how we do it. (laughs)
6: And look at this,
1: salespeople everywhere on the phones. Oh, look at that book. What's that book? I love that book. Perfect. Thank you. Look at that, nothing but salespeople
7: on the phones making it happen.
6: Teach your managers how to do their jobs and provide them with the tools to get the job done. We help the best dealers in the industry get what they want better, faster, and smarter. When waiting isn't working, contact us.
4: We are back. The next up is the Trumped Up panel. So we're going to go right to our guest. We have the president of Matthews Motors, Steve Matthews. We have the former general manager at Altoona Honda. And I'm going to find out where he's currently at because he just landed, Mr. Osha Berry, general manager. We have the president at Planet Honda, Mr. Bill Feinstein. And we have the general manager at Butch Oslett Chevrolet, and Cadillac, Philip poke Gentlemen, thank you for joining us. Thanks for coming on to the Trumped Up panel. And, uh, Really do appreciate your input. Dave Cribb's is going to go to you, sir.
3: Yeah, and I want to go to Bill. And, uh, Bill, we'll just talk about the fact that obviously there's a shakeup. You know, I think uh, manufacturers right now are probably, you know, kind of waiting with bated breath about the things that are going to be taking place with some of the proposed changes that the new administration has uh, kind of – on the forefront of their mind that being said um, I'd like to ask you are you hearing as as such a major player player with Honda are you hearing from your OEM from Honda anything that is alarming or anything that you see coming as a change uh, due to this new uh, administration change
5: you know um, I think it's uh, get comfortable with being uncomfortable Um, we're not hearing much out of the OEMs um, certainly Toyota has sort of led the charge with getting its dealers riled up uh, against uh, the border adjustment tax but you know I think that uh, most of the OEMs uh, are taking the real wait-and-see approach and uh, you know there's certainly some things here uh, to be worked out I-, I think at the end of the day um, the complexity of a border adjustment tax is something that's not going to happen because I think that uh, the unintended consequences are, are pretty huge, but I also do think that um, there's certainly pressure on the OEMs to consider where they're building and expanding their plants. Uh, we are hearing from a lot of the OEMs that, you know, plants, they were looking expanding in Mexico and Canada. Uh, they're rethinking those plans certainly because of Trump, and uh, not necessarily a bad thing.
3: Yeah, we saw Ford was in the middle of building a plant yeah. in Mexico, and they just pulled the plug completely uh, and went a different direction. But uh, go ahead, Tommy.
2: No, I was just going to say, do we, so do we think – I mean, I think it's easy to speculate, and I think people jump on um, – I, I, I don't know. I, I've been seeing all the pictures I see of Trump the last week or so. He's doing things. He's making changes. He's signing executive orders and so forth. Is that enough for these OEMs and so forth to, to legitimately pull the plug? Or is there something else that we don't know about being the general populace that's happening? Anyone can take that question. But, I mean, is there something else going on? Is there something else in the water? Or is it just purely that? Oh,
5: look, he's, he's, rattling, he's rattling the saber. Um, clearly, nobody wants to end up on the wrong side of his Twitter account right now. <laughs> uh, the Ford move, I think, frankly, was something they were doing anyway that Mexican plant was a small car plant. They moved the production to a truck plant. That's not really surprising. Um, You know, so I'm not so sure that, uh, it just wasn't good timing for Ford, frankly. But, uh, you know, the OEMs, as they're looking out, you know, you don't decide to build a plant tomorrow. It takes years and years of planning. So even if the OEMs decide they want to build a new plant or expand the plant uh, tomorrow, that's, you know, shoveling the ground two to three years from now. Do I think they're all taking a second look at cost savings outside the U.S. versus risk of some kind of tariff or border adjustment? Absolutely. Uh, I think you're going to see a lot of them decide that it's not worth the risk of uh, expanding outside the U.S. right now for U.S. production. You know, know, frankly, as, as a Honda dealer, we're not, you know, particularly worried most of our productions here in the U.S., uh, you know, even some of the big three have to be worried because a lot of their production is sourced from Canada and Mexico. Um, but I, I think ultimately it, it, it'll all pan out. I think just, as long as Trump can get his victory, that you know they're adding jobs, they're adding good union jobs in uh, Detroit, Ohio, Alabama. I, I think he, he'll he'll back off. I mean, if you you know you read his book from the eighties, <laughs> Art of the Deal. This is who he is. This is how he is. He's brash. He's outspoken. He pounds me on the head, makes outrageous uh, declarations, and then backs off the position ultimately to make a deal.
4: Yeah, and Bill, I, you know, and guys, we obviously we have different uh, states represented. I think we found out, OSHA, you're in Georgia, if I'm correct, and if I'm if I'm saying it correctly. And, and, of course, Steve's from North Carolina, and we have Mississippi. So we have the South represented, pretty, pretty stout. And then we have uh, Bill, you're in New Jersey. Did I get that right, OSHA, you're from Georgia or in Georgia? Yes, sir okay so let me let me let me go to bill uh, or let me let me, sorry, let me go to Philip or uh, De, or Steve here on this one but you know I, I, kind of getting aside and, and thank you bill for for that and I think that you know I know bill uh, you're you're um, you spoke some very strong truths there and of course you're you're a market you know and I, and I you know there's a political aspect guys to this and whether people that are buying cars from you obviously you're not you don't want to get political with them and that's a different story altogether but from a strict business standpoint let's let's get real even some of the people who pick it you know who are out there i mean i'm not i'm not without you know people in 75% of america has credit issues okay so let's get real the real thing that's going to cause this to to get better and to stay better is lending You know guidelines and 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 manufacturers. You know um, you know giving getting getting better incentives and better rebates and the the market flowing better and the you know the the you know everything just feeling better. So let's look at it from that standpoint for a second. Steve is is that because he's a businessman and the people who set everything in motion like what's going on going to mean it's a better environment for the car business, which means everybody. If, whether you voted for them or not, whether you pick it in against them or whether you like them, is it going to be better because people can buy a car, subprime people can get financed maybe better, there's going to be better offers. Talk to that, Steve, um, with regards to what we're going to see here in the first quarter.
0: Well, absolutely. First, I'd like to thank you for having me on the show today. I'm really excited as uh, being an independent dealer. Um, One of the big things that I liked that uh, President Trump mentioned was in the beginning that he was going to cut regulations. Um, As fellow uh, people in the car business remember back in uh, 2008, 2009, a lot of turmoil going on. And uh, as a matter of fact, one of the points that Mitt Romney ran on back in 2012 was eliminating the Dodd-Frank Act. Which was probably one of the most harmful things to the automobile business that I know, at least to the independent dealers. Um, all these regulations that were coming down. And uh, if we can, when I first got into business 33 years ago, there used to be about four or five pieces of paper that you signed back in the business office, and now it's like a book. Um, it's just unbelievable all the uh, different forms and regulations that we have to follow. So that's going to be huge for the car business in itself. Is is doing something with the Dodd Frank Act, and also something with um, I'm sure my fellow uh, partners, uh, the CFPB, the Consumer Finance Protection Bureau, which uh, President uh, Obama created a few years ago.
4: Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you see that, and you I see really see some change
0: coming down the pike on, on these two entities, mm-hmm. and that. Uh, the car business
4: is going to okay. be a whole lot better off for that. Okay. And and thank you. And thank you, Steve. And I and I'll go to Philip on that as well. So you heard, you know, and I know you guys all obviously, you know, know what he's talking about, and you guys operate in, in a lot of the same capacities in, in with regards to regulations. And I know it's different from state to state to some degree. Um, but you know, and we have a caller that's that's called in as well. We're gonna we're gonna I'll let Cribs bring him on in a second. But let me ask so let me ask you so so Philip some of the same people who might be complaining or who might, you know, it really could benefit some of those very people. And, and that's what I kind of want to ask here. So, I mean, The environment itself, if, if somebody could get a car and, and if somebody can get a car or if somebody can get an auto loan, uh, you know, or, or get financed or, you know, get into a better situation, is, is that something that, Philip, you know, um, could benefit some of the very people who might not think they like what. They think he's going to do or not do, Philip Hogue.
7: Well, David, we're we're in Pascagoula, Mississippi, which ninety percent of our community is um, dependent on defense spending. We have the largest shipyard down here um, in the Gulf South, and we have a large Northrop Grumman drone plant here. So, with the, the the Trump coming out speaking of a strong military, it has really bolstered uh, consumer confidence, and we see a new wave of excitement in the car business down here. So this is a big benefit to us so far.
3: Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I think, uh, it, like Dave mentioned, this state-to-state and, and the market can be a little bit different, and we appreciate that. Um, we're going to go to a caller on the line right now, and um, <clears throat> the caller is Jay Lasko with the Lasko Ford family out of Michigan. And, uh, Jay, are you mass, with brother.
7: us? I am. I'm here. Can you hear me?
3: Uh, I, yeah, you're coming in just fine. Um, did you have a question, Jay, or did you want to weigh in on this topic?
7: No, I really didn't have a question. I was trying to catch as much of the conversation as I could, and I figured I'd, I'd chime in and, and just kind of give our, our point of view over on kind of what we were thinking. I mean, I, I, I know everybody is is super anxious to hear what you know uh, is is coming now and that, that we have Trump in office and what could benefit our industry. And I, and I guess the big thing that we've been trying to remind ourselves is that. You know, we still have to plan, you know, for today and what's going on today. And, and ev- everybody is so fast to expect change and, you know, hope, hope for the best and think that, you know, great things are coming. But, you know, I've been telling Matt, you know, we've been sitting here, we, we have to do business today. And we can plan for if, if there's, an, you know, an expected change coming, we can have something in place that, that tells us, hey, hopefully this happens but we can't lose sight of what's going on today. Nothing has changed. You know, dealers dealers have been through 9-11. They've been through Cash for, cash for Clunkers. They've been through, been through massive recalls. I mean, we obviously, the good dealers that have survived through all of these, they're, they're gonna make the best out of any situation. So I think that we all also have to focus on today and maximize what we have right now. And then when good comes, embrace it awesome thrive Mm -hmm. off it and you know if if things don't happen what you're expecting well you better not plan on that today because what if it doesn't happen i think we all know that things don't you know happen that fast in washington dc it doesn't matter who's sitting in that chair so uh you know it's great to have some optimism i'm an optimist i love i love thinking positive things but we still have to do business today
4: yeah jay thank thank you Thank you, Jay, for coming. I'll go to OSHA on that. So that was something I was actually talking about in the monologue when we were talking, and, and that's something I mentioned. And Jay Jay kind of went down the timeline perfectly, you know, with 9 11 You know, then we had you know, cash for clunkers. We had an economic, you know, meltdown. We had two, you know, major, you know, domestic makes, you know, receive a bailout. And OSHA, I'll go to you. You're you're a millennial here in the auto business. And and I want to ask you, you know, is it maybe the only millennial on the panel you know, it's it's. Sometimes people think you think differently. I know you're a car guy, so. Uh, but here's the deal, man. I mean, car, Jay just hit it on the head, and 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 uh, Jay's a millennial. But you know, car people are going to do it. I think no matter what. So, and in another question I have too, and I want you to kind of weigh in on both of these, and then you guys could all chime in on this after OSHA has finished. Bill and, and Philip and, and Steve. But, I mean, it, did, is Obama really responsible for bailing out, quote, the auto industry? Or is it because, man, hustlers in, in an industry that's been through hell and back and, and, and it's tough, man, and was, it, was, it was born tough and it's been tough, is, is it the industry that did it, that pulled itself out of the, bootstrap, for, by the bootstraps up? What's your opinion on that and, and about the fact and weighing in on what Jay said as well? Osha. Yeah,
7: I, I mean, it's a good point, but sometimes we make fun of I mean, we we really learned the industry, like, first of the vendors that pretty really good at what they do. And then we learned the industry and the Internet really late as a as a whole And honestly, when you really talk to dealers, there's still so many dealers that, that, that don't really do it right now. And so there's so much more business well. and potential just with great processes and focusing more on your people that... It was really, I mean, people it say Obama wasn't bad for the auto industry. The, the last years were great. Um, but I don't know if you can take credit for that, because the economy came pouring back in 2010, and now it's, you know, it, it's really, you know, the politics as far as the, the retailing side of the world, that's how we were all trained if we're in a store. Let's not focus, let's, basically, let's kind of agree with your client. You, you probably ought to leave politics, sex, uh, Religion, you know, things that are real, it's just, it's just probably not a good thing because everybody has different opinions and we want a, the opinion that allows us to, you know, to move the needle. Um, I just don't know that, you know, this is different now on an industrial level and, and looking at CFPD regulations, but really the consumer is the, the one that gets the higher up. So it really comes down to. Who cares about different regulations and all? I mean, I love the free world, co- you know, as far as competition, but it really comes down to us moving our own needles because they're still plenty of stores right now that are struggling to make it based on not adapting to the new world. And so it, it's not exactly easy. I mean, it, it feels easy when you're, when you're doing it right. Walking back or massive. the start process. Okay, it,
4: it, let, me, let me go to Bill. Bill, are you still with us? Bill, let me let me go to you with with what OSHA said, and I know it was a little low, um, but I, I I don't know if you heard everything, but kind of coupling all this together, he kind of said something back to back, and I want to ask you about it. We're not getting political. I'm just trying to figure out because, you know, he said, "Hey, you know what? Um, uh, the last couple of years have been great in the car business, you know." So, uh, I, I, you know, Obama did a great job, but then he came right back. OSHA said, "But I'm not really sure he's deserves the credit." So, my question is: Is it the industry? despite the regulations that Steve was talking about, despite, you know, everything that you've had to climb through, is it the industry? Because not all industries, not all businesses made it back. And then on top of that, when you take an industry that's used to being flexible, that has some, you know, sales at its core, some of the strongest sales, you know, and and, and, and flexible strategies and aspects I've seen in any industry, industry, um, you know, then when you add a president that is going to set you know, in place maybe business-friendly regulation in a business-friendly environment, Does that, doesn't that mean that we might see even bigger growth and maybe we'll see something special? And, and, and maybe co- comment on that, Bill.
5: <clears throat> well, look, I, I think that you know, we got to remember where we came from. And 08-09 and was nothing short of catastrophic. Um, it, it wasn't a normal recession for the auto industry. It, it was as close to a depression as you're going to get. Um, And it wasn't just the economic uh, activity, but it was the lack of access to capital. There were were a lot of things going on. So the trough was so deep that it's no surprising that the recovery has been really good the last few years. Um, I think that the recovery of its own would start running out of steam. Um, I'm not sure that business would be bad, but certainly we're plateauing, and you know it may bounce around somewhere in that 16.5 to 17.5 range for a while. Uh, I think that looser economic policies, uh, looser uh, regulations, could send that um, to the higher side, um, to the extent that you know the question that is concerning me, though. I think while we may see some relief on regulatory. Uh, I have to say, I'm very, very concerned on the interest rate front. Um, and I think they're as good as we're going to get on one side, uh, I have a lot of fear that as rates continue to to move up, um, that will offset some of what we possibly could gain. So I do think we're going to see good wage growth. I think that's going to drive the consumer, but I think the payments that have been relatively inexpensive, uh, over the last couple of years, I think consumers are going to have to get used to slightly higher payments, and uh, they've never had a good uh, good time digesting those. So uh, I think it's, you know, business will be good, I think it's been good, I'm not sure that I can give uh, Obama the benefit or the blame, um, I think he just happened to be where it was, I think this industry proved to be incredibly resilient, um, we have a lot of uh, strong, hard-working dealers, uh, that being said, those same guys, I see a lot of mistakes of the past. I see a lot of guys getting fat and happy, uh, bloated budgets, uh, bloated staffs. And, you know, one of the things that we maintain here is we, we have a DEFCON plan. You know, I've got five levels of DEFCON, and if certain parameters are hit uh, based on volume levels over a period of time and, and revenue over a period of time, we have automatic cuts that come in, and, and you know, we already know what headcount we're We're uh, getting out, rid of, We know, which vendors we're getting rid of um, down to, you know, to 2008 levels. So, you know, uh, I think there's nothing wrong with being prepared in case we see some shocks, because as good as I think it can be, I also do believe that there are some significant risks as well.
3: Yeah, I, I love that. I love Def that that, that Def Con Def plan Con. too. That's great, it, and and it's uh you know it's 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 entertaining the term, but the seriousness of what Bill just talked about is is great to have that backup sort of plan as as we move forward on the numbers but you know what i'm really hearing from the whole panel overall is that hey let's not panic we're not in a panic situation obviously um even though there's some things that we're going to look at jay hit on it let's do what we're doing today let's react as it comes and it's probably going to be a slower process than maybe what we're bringing out in fact um bill touched on the fact that uh the plant that closed and in uh, uh, Mexico before it was built was probably a little bit of sensationalism on the media part because it was already kind of in the works. Um, let's do this. You know, I think Bill touched on something which was the. Uh, the rates that have been so low for so long i call them artificial rates but there is going to be an adjustment with the public as these rates go up and on the i think on the phone we have tony d on the phone right now gentlemen let's bring tony d on yes you do tony d's national finance uh trainer let's talk about that a little bit and was there something else that you wanted to weigh in on tony yeah i I
7: just got back from NADA and spoke to a bunch of people. Did three great workshops out there, and there was a lot of people. There were some people crying, whining about the the possible changes with uh, what we see with uh, with Trump and the political climate. And one of the things that people and against it. And one of the things that I've learned in this industry is that every day, every hour in every city, in every market, there are people wanting to buy cars. And we as a as a industry, a dealership, a salesperson, a GM, it is up to us to capture that market. It's not up to anybody else. Everybody can sell cars. We just need to go find those customers. And if every salesperson and dealership doesn't get getting their own, they need to go out there and start reaching for it. Somebody every day, every moment is wanting to buy a vehicle. We just want them to always buy it from us. So it doesn't make a difference what the economic climate is, what the political climate is. Our industry is available. We just always have to go out and go get it.
4: All right. Thank you very much. Uh, Tony, go to Steve and, uh, and Philip here get you guys to weigh in on anything you've heard, Steve. We'll go to you first, and then Philip. right when he's finished, you can comment. Some of the things you've heard with Bill and Tony and Jay and all the guys in OSHA. I mean, Steve, I'll give you the floor and let you kind of uh, just kind of give some comments on what you've heard in the last few minutes. David, I I appreciate that. Um, Being an independent
0: dealer, I'm a little bit different than, you know, the guys in the franchise world. Uh, But back in 2008, 2009, like Bill said earlier, I think we went through probably the worst time we'll ever go through. I, I hope and pray it was. And the people that stuck around after that, they sharpened their pencils, they got their expenses in line. I know I as a dealer sat down up with my wife every night, and we went over, you know, our expenses and found, you know, where we could cut, and, you know, that's what we did. So that's when things came back. We were in a better position when we started hiring people back because we went uh, – from about 40, 50 employees down to about 15 in 2008, 2009. But as things started coming back, we realized, you know, we couldn't spend the way that we had before. I think Bill mentioned before um, there's a lot of people getting fat and happy. I just hope that they're, they're dialing their system in and have some money stashed away. Because uh, back during those times, it didn't matter how much real estate you had, cash was key. So I'm, I'm preparing for that, but I, I see the business coming along. Uh, all the analysts said '17' supposed to be a pretty good year, um, except that they didn't know that Trump was going to be president. So I really think that that's going to help things even more uh, going forward. Uh, being a, an independent store, also we do a lot of secondary finance, and we've seen a lot of uh, a lot of the banks stepping up here lately, which is is good for the industry and. Really looking forward to seventeen. That's
3: good, yeah, thank you, thank you, Steve. And I agree. I think we we saw our darkest hours a few years back, and I think dealers have learned a lot from that, and maybe positioned themselves a little better in the event that we do have a little bit of a downturn. Let's go to uh, Philip and and get your uh, comments, Philip.
7: Yeah, David, I, I agree with a lot of what I've heard today. Um, I think the biggest thing that as dealers we've had to learn is to be proactive and. Um, to understand your marketing, go out and get the people. Um, we're very targeted with what we do. Um, we make sure that the ROI is there. Um, and, you know, we, we get a lot of people in our dealership. We get, we're get we in-your-face um, kind of approach to uh, marketing, and um, we've been very successful by doing that. And we tune our people up. We, we spend a lot of money on training.
4: And yeah, uh, you guys are doing a bang up job there. And um, and you know, going off of what Steve said too. You know, uh, OSHA going to you. And somebody on Twitter sent in. You know, I think it was. Uh, I, you know what? I'm not sure. I think his last name was Knicker Knickerbocker. If I'm not mistaken, did you guys see that? If I'm, not, I'm not, I'm not making yeah, it up. No. Somebody. Ask Steve Nix. Steve Nix. Okay. So anyway, the guy said, and I'm not sure who he is. Apologize, Steve. But Steve said. All the bootstraps in the world wouldn't have saved the car business if it weren't for the billions that Obama gave. And so, I, you know, so Ocean, let me ask you this: I mean, you know, not everybody received that money. And what? what but what's your what's your opinion of, of that? Is is you know, kind of going back to maybe uh, the, the you know the, the industry and what we've gone through and what we went through. But also, you know, uh, you know, Steve just mentioned a minute ago, and, and Bill with the you know with the downturn. But I think there's a lot of thinning out. You know, the, the industry went from, you know, what, 21,000 dealers oh, there was. to below 20,000. a lot of thinning out. So, I mean, to me, anytime that happens, it just makes the str- strong stronger, you know. And, and, and uh, it's like, you know, I told my wife, you know, at like, w- my house, we got a grocery store chain down here called Publix. And it's like, I really don't need like six Publixes within like 10 miles. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, I really don't need it, you know. And so do we really need, I can drive to, you know, 12 Ford stores you know, in like, in like 20 minutes from right here. So mm-hmm. my, my question is, did, did the thinning out help a little bit? And I'll go to OSHA and let you comment on all of that.
7: Well, I think the thinning out's going to continue. I mean, we're seeing Cadillac looking to buy out brands in all the small markets with, you know, little teeny offers. Um, Mazda, I know Mazda, you know, I'm, I'm at, you know, back home in Savannah with the, you know, back at the home home store and making mods the dealer and the Mazda, is not into it. You know, they're reshaping their whole world and trying to make the dealer count. You wanna they want dealers that really want to be dealers. Well when that when the market reset and we were at like a crossroads in 0, 08 or oh nine where where we bailed out companies, I mean that would have been like the great one of the greatest different changes we've ever seen. Who knows what the world looked like if, if we didn't bail out those companies because I mean I've already had two left of the big three. Mm-hmm. Um, the world could have been a totally different world, but now we have, um, you know, we just have different challenges. I mean, there's, you know, get better at leasing. You know, if money's going up, let's focus. Instead of keep going to 96 or 110 months, um, you know, when it comes to some of these politics, it's like, I don't know if, if the bailout money really matters. It helped us back in the day when we were Lincoln, like a Lincoln dealer, mm-hmm. and because we didn't take the money. Um, so we had a lot of growth early. <laughs> but you forget how bad it felt for all the GM stockholders that didn't get a dollar.
4: I mean, I think Matthew McConaughey, man, yeah. might have helped. All, might have been the reason he helped out the Lincoln. <laughs> all I don't right, know. all right. I'm not really sure anything can help Lincoln. I'm not sure anything.
2: Lincolns are fantastic vehicles. I'm not really sure anything can help Lincoln. But go ahead. F- finish your <laughs> – s- <laughs> I'm three
7: in a row.
5: Well, hey, I do think whoever – Whoever came out on that, uh, you know, cash for clunkers comment, it really isn't particularly well educated on the topic. I'm looking to my historical sales reports, and all it did is create a blip for 30 days in the car market. Right. Mm. And I'm looking to my numbers for '09, and this this was bad. 09, two seventy seven new, June two seventy six, July two eighty nine, August four sixty two. It's what happened in September, 278, October, 277, November, 241. It wasn't until the, the fall, I'm sorry, the, the winter or the spring of next year, 2010, where things picked up, and that had nothing to do with cash for and everything to do with the availability of credit.
3: Mm. Yeah, Bill. Just that's a great point. I, I was just going to ask Bill, since you were talking about the cash for clunkers, I, you know, during that time and shortly after, it seems like that's when we kind of uh, went into the shortage, though, of those older used cars. It seems like availability was was wasn't there, and that's when dealers mm-hmm. s- started paying big money at auction and started keeping the trade ins that they got, not wholesaling them out to smaller dealers. Uh, do, you, do you do you do you buy into that?
5: I do. I mean, I certainly created uh, a short term uh, supply issue. You know, was it a boost in the arm? Yeah. But was it a cash flow nightmare for most dealers? Absolutely. So, you know, the government do it and the government take it away. And it wasn't a particularly good time to be out uh, out on cash flow.
4: Yeah, you know, and I think that with everybody, and I and, know and Tommy's going to go to closing remarks here, but I think that everybody looking at that, I mean, it was a desperate move because that's typically what you get sometimes when you when you have the government try to solve something, regardless of what side of the aisle you're on. You know, and that's kind of where I'm going on it. You know, it, it, it comes down to no, the manufacturers not really knowing what to do. There's only so much they can do. But the talent that I see in the car business and always have never came really from the manufacturer level. It always came from the from the dealership level. There's such talent. You know, I, I talk to dealerships. You know, guys like yourself, like like the GMS and GSMs that are on this panel now, and owners. And you know, and I don't know a, you know, manager that really goes, man, my manuf- my manufacturer rep is is you know i'm not down anybody's but it's so freaking smart you know what i mean they got all this together i mean it's like they do it because they have to do it but they're not necessarily car guys and car girls all the time and so i think that the brilliant talent that exists is on the ground floor with something very special um and 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 so that that's where i when i met the car business that's where i think it comes from i think it comes from the individuals that are that are that are on this panel and and how you know we you know did something special but I, you know, you guys are, you guys, I mean, and by the way, Bill, those numbers, some of those, some of the guys were like, dang, I wish I was selling that today. Right. <laughs> Bill's like catch the clunker numbers, you know, and some guys are like, holy crap, you know, that that's my, uh, that's my good year number on a month. But anyway. Yep.
2: <laughs> we have to wrap things up guys. And unfortunately, you know, we're almost out of time. I think we'll have to revisit this in a couple of months to see how the first, maybe how the first quarter plays out. Um, I'm a, so everybody can give a couple minutes, closing remarks. Actually, um, I'm going to start with Steve and, uh, cause somebody had a question on Twitter they wanted to address with you and their Twitter's going crazy. There's a lot of, there's a lot of good points. People making, um, uh, we even have like fake Donald Trump, uh, fake Donald Trump. Yeah, people, yeah. Yeah. Um uh, let's see what we got. So Steve, so, uh, Steve Stoning actually said, um, lots of talk about how bad the used market is going to be for dealers. Uh, too much supply. He was asking what you thought about that, so maybe you can give that, a, including with your um, your closing remarks, if you would, sir.
0: Well, actually, our nation must not feel that way because they're they're going out and putting up used car stores right now, um, and there's a lot of other people that are getting into the used car business. Uh, my franchise friends on the phone could probably tell you that. Uh, actually, most economists that I, I have talked to said that the new car business. Was going to wane a little bit in 17, but the used car business would actually pick up in 17. And of course, this was before Trump came in. So I don't know, but I feel real good about my business. We had we had a record year in 2016. Off to a good start uh, in 17. <laughs> so I, I'm real excited about Donald Trump being president and having a businessman actually in there for the first time in my lifetime, anyway, and first time I can remember a businessman actually running the country. And that's what we have here, you know, is, is a big business. So I'm real excited about this. I, I think you can tell from my passion. But uh, the independent dealers feel good about this year, and, and hopefully our, our friends in the in the franchise world will be the same.
3: So yeah, thank- I think everything's looking up. Amen. Thank, thank you, man. Steve, and thank congratulations, you. by the way, on your year and um, especially your, op- your optimistic uh, approach. We love it. Um, let's yeah, go thanks, to uh, OSHA.
7: Um, I mean, I think it's going to be a great year. Uh, I kind of agree with that comment about, I think news may be, you know, anybody can grow, but I think news is going to be flatter. I think we still hit great year, but I think huge, I think it's a huge year for certified and used vehicles. Um, if, if we just focus that, you know, our our best resources, our people, our commodity is our is our experience. I mean, you know, a coffee game worth a pain, but when you get a barista making that thing right, you know, they're selling it for five bucks you know, because it's an experience, and we need to keep track of that as, as retailers. I'm a little concerned about some of the crazy, uh, urge decisions. I think it's going to be great, but there could be some, I don't want to see tariffs or some of those things affect the uh, manufacturers that aren't prepared for some of this infrastructure. America First is an awesome thing. However, we don't want to, uh, that could squeeze some of the situations, and, you know, we're, and, you know, it's just, there's some delicate stuff going around public, and even if, um, these standards help us. And, you know, it's a huge difference between dealer and manufacturer or executive level because they don't really know what's going on. So everybody's being so quiet, but there's definitely a lot of stuff happening and quickly. So thank you. we we'll would be just fine. Always-
4: I love it. Thank you, OSHA. And uh, we'll go to Bill Feinstein. Bill, uh, if you can give us your closing remarks, sir, and then we'll uh, end it with Philip.
5: You know, look, I think uh, the old uh, Chinese curse may live in interesting times. I think it's uh, we're going to live in some interesting times. I think there'll be uh, a lot of tumult, a lot of crazy things going on. But at the end of the day, you know, you got to keep your focus on the business and keep the ups coming through the door, and you know, control the things you control and not worry about the things that are out of your control.
4: That's good. Good work. Amen, yeah, see, Sybil. Some some wisdom there. Yep. All right, Mr. Philip Hogue, sir.
7: David, I, I'm more excited than ever. Actually, um, for a, a dealership that's used to fighting for the business, this isn't going to be anything new for us. Um, we've just sharpened our sword a little bit. We're, we're planning on doing some things this year that's going to broaden our reach. And um, like I said earlier, I'm investing a lot more money in training my people, and um, I, I think this is going to be a record year for us.
3: Come on, good. Amen.
4: I think it starts, gentlemen. I think I Good. think our listeners have gotten, if anything, some optimistic uh, viewpoints from from you guys. And you know what? I, I don't. I, I sense the, the, you know, that that that. Hey, you know what? It's it starts with, and I speak to the people that are listening. It starts with you, you know. And I don't thank you guys for coming on, man, because you've inspired me. I think you've inspired our listeners. And uh, regardless who's in office, regardless, um, you know what, you know what's going on. I mean, the industry. In spite despite what's been going on, has had three back to back record years.
3: Dave, we're car guys. We're car guys. And car gals. That's right. <laughs>
4: Man, I want to thank you guys for coming on so much. I know it's a busy week as always, and uh, it's been it's been our honor to have you on. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Joe. Thank you guys. Thank you guys. Well that's trumped up T. There was a
2: lot of there was a lot of there was a lot of activity on Twitter today.
4: There was, there was. And, you know, before we go to Ramon Fire, you, you know, I got to just take 30 seconds here, man. I, t- yep. I tell you, it's been, I love what I heard because, you know, it's, it's, uh, man, it's an industry like no other. And I think it's an industry, you know, listen, if it's an industry that's like no other, if it's not an industry like no other, here's my question. Why would the president have the leaders of this industry in his office right, within the first three days? Yeah. Of being sworn in, that's what I'm talking about, Willis. Right? Come on now. T- to quote,
2: car Market 27 forecast selling more units at less profit. Give us some. Uh, let's, see. let's see. Let's see. Oh, you let's better I give bet a some. solution. Like da, 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 right. <laughs> 2017 lineup is as strong as it's ever been. Uh, what did Brooks say there? Hold FCA on. is adding a boatload of dealerships. FCA adding as many as 400 U.S. dealership sources say, from Auto News. Mm. Um, let's see. Uh, it's hard to cut your way to profit. Good stuff. Yeah, I I want
4: to hear. I'd love to hear right now. I'd love to hear what Alan Ram would have to say. Love to hear it. But the next up right now is the brand new. You don't want to go anywhere. This is the best one I've seen in a long, long time. This is funny. It's hilarious. It's original. It's good. Right now, you're getting it debuted on Auto Deal Live, the first of February, 2017. Ram on fire. I'd love to know what Alan, by the way, thinks of this whole Trump. I would too.
3: Let's hear Ram on fire.
1: Hello, I'm Alan Ram, President and Founder of Alan Ram's Proactive Training Solutions, and here's what's got me fired up today. Weak leaders. For those of you who don't know, I served in the United States Marine Corps. For one of my jobs, I worked in our company headquarters for about a year. My office was located right next to the company commanders. Now, Captain Perkins had a loud voice, and he tended to keep his door open so that when he was chewing someone out, you knew about it. I remember one day, Lieutenant Fuller went in the captain's office with that sheepish look junior officers would have as they anticipated what was in store for them. Lieutenant Fuller actually came from a family of pear farmers somewhere in the Carolinas. I always imagined a beautiful pear farm with perfectly tended orchards. Unfortunately, Lieutenant Fuller had a leadership issue. For whatever reason, he couldn't figure out how to get his men to do what he needed them to do when they needed to do it, even though he was technically in charge. Everything he wanted them to do was not only lawful, but beneficial, not only to the unit, but to each of them individually as well. Still, his people would not listen. I would hear him whining to the captain about how he couldn't get his men to do this or that. On one particular day, when the captain's ass-chewing was especially brutal, he actually closed his door. I strained to hear what was being said through the closed door, and all I could clearly make out was, Lieutenant Fuller, if at your pay grade and rank, you can't get your people to do what you need them to do, you need to grow a pair. I was somewhat surprised that the captain was suggesting to the lieutenant that maybe he should go back to the family business and grow a pair. Now, while most people don't come from a pear farming background, some dealership management staff might also be well served by growing a pear. I got to thinking of a dealer that we've worked with in the past. This guy is an actual general manager partner in the dealership, and during a phone conversation with him, he brought his general sales manager in his office. I then got to hear both these two whine about how they can't get their managers or salespeople to train, much less handle a phone call properly. This was a clear-cut case of the inmates running the asylum. I actually asked the dealer partner and the general sales manager to please page in whoever really runs their store so that I could talk to them. I remember vividly the captain telling the lieutenant to grow a pair and thought of how applicable that was in this situation. Leaders need to lead, and if you can't get your followers to follow you, I guess it's time for plan B. Let me say this very slowly because it's one of my favorite things I've ever said. If as an owner or manager, you accept this fact that your people won't buy into training, they've successfully gotten you to buy in, that it's okay for them to suck. Who sold who in that deal? If you're in charge, act like you're in freaking charge. There's an African proverb that says an army of sheep led by a lion will easily defeat an army of lions led by a sheep. Train your people to do their jobs, hold them accountable, and make sure there are consequences for poor performance. Be a manager and a leader. Nothing else makes sense. Unless you're a... Then maybe you just need to go grow a pair. Thanks a lot for letting me get that off my chest.
4: Hey guys, Dave Villa, CEO of IPD here. I'm holding hundreds of checks. You're seeing another, I don't know, hundreds, man. Maybe thousands of checks representing millions of dollars in business. We are a $15 million a year company that works with over 400 automotive dealers every single month moving the needle. Our average dealer on our Mailology program moves 35 cars. We have dealers that are moving 50 plus units a month. Look, this is just some of the money that you and your colleagues spend with us. And we wanna say thank you. So, Melology, this is a little bit, look, I just want you to see, just in case you need to see another visual, these are just some of the dealers in alphabetical order. If you just keep scrolling down, look at that. These are some of the dealers. You got Chevy, you got Ford, you got Toyota, you got Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram, you got Hyundai, you got Nissan, you got Kia, you've got Honda, you've got every make, every model, hundreds of dealerships. There's a reason that these dealers, there's a reason that these dealers trust us with their money because we move the needle. Look, you get solicited every day, probably 20 to 30 times a day, dealers, on somebody trying to take a piece of your budget. You know why? not because their product is good, but because they know that you have to spend money and are going to spend money on a monthly basis to try to move the needle. That's a fact. You field some of those calls and you blow off other of those calls. This is a program where the results look, with what dealers are doing, let it speak for itself. 813-630-5888. You hit number one for sales. I promise you the phone won't ring more than one time. We want to tell you how Melology can move the needle for you in February. In February, we can move the needle for you. Call us now.
2: We are back and we're so thankful that you stayed with us. Just another couple minutes, just so we can tell you, if you, you listen to me. Me and you are gonna have fisticuffs at the end of this. You understand me? You're
3: you to want to have fisticuffs? I'm talking ta- to the
2: audience. No, I'm, I'm looking past the audience. Sorry, okay. audience. I love yeah. you guys. I'm talking to this guy over here. You know who you are.
3: Yeah, everybody me in the you. audience just huh? got ready to go into the iron circle. Um, <laughs> I think it's the octagon. I believe. <laughs> octagon. Okay. So let's
2: let's talk about the shows we got for you. Cribs. What we got? What's what's next week's show about? Talk hey, look, us, next please.
3: week you won't want to miss it. It's called Extra Toppings. We're gonna to really be talking mm, about delicious. the icing on the cake. It'll be the deal after the deal, if you will. We're gonna be talking about aftermarket sales, accessory sales, a way to boost our gross on the deal after the deal is done. Because so apparently
4: Trump's policies will have nothing to do. Extra toppings and don't go together. Extra toppings and gross doesn't go
3: together. Yeah, right. Unless it's money. So that's a great show. Then we've got the thin line between love and hate. We're going to really be tackling... Um, a big portion of that show is going to be dedicated to the haggle, no haggle. Penske just announced, huge group. Obviously, Penske announced that they're, they're uh, trashing their... No haggle policy, if you will, mm-hmm. and we're going to hear the argument of does this really work and work long-term well because we've seen it a million times. It's come and gone. And go week ahead. Week after
2: that, we got Pull the Plug, which I'm about to do on your punk butt. Yeah, mm-hmm. sucker. You, you see minute. me? Huh? Yeah, you're about to. Okay. Then after that, we got March Madness. Let's I- Pull the Plug. Well, You'll have to tune in to find out.
3: Pull <laughs> <laughs> well, the plug. Well, we're going to be, talking about, we're gonna be uh, talking about the electric cars, you know, like uh, Tesla's, totally volts, standard reason things yes. like that. Yes. Um. And, and it's become more relevant now, speaking of this show, with yeah. Trump, because Trump's mm-hmm. making some changes there Trump
2: well. is going to be the subject matter for the next 42 shows. Just kidding. He won't be. Yes, he is. March Madness. It's going to be madness in March. We got Market <laughs> Moguls, which is going to be a show you I want to I got to comment got. on that. I market love Moguls. going to
4: big market, small market. Mogul. Weird market, unique market. Yep. And we're going to find moguls, dealers that are killing it. In areas where you wouldn't think so. Or maybe you would think so. Or maybe yeah. you are be like, or, How are they killing it I when there's s- so many people? How are they killing it when there's no one? How are they killing it in this weird, like, Right. When there's 10 market. other... unique
3: competitors Mm. and yes market moguls market moguls and then we have shared custody no we're not talking about (laughs) crimson's (laughs) ex-wife okay Uh, shared custody who's got your customer look we're going to be talking about prospecting where to find them where they're at how Mm -hmm. to get them Mm -hmm. back we're going to be talking about all that who's your daddy basically and (laughs) uh, and then the the uh the last one we're going to be talking about the last show in march is going to be quarterback. January, we're going to look at the February, quarter, March 1st, what?
2: Quarterback. What? Quarter. Yeah, I got it. We're
4: going to be looking at the quarterback. Back to the quarter.
3: Back. We're going to get a review of the quarter. Maybe we'll have we're these at. Trump guys on again. So yeah, people that's want a great, that's a great, idea. great idea. What these policies I think I already suggested great idea. That. All right. That's a wrap. Well, I think
2: we you love sure. you guys. God loves you too. We'll oh, see I mean, you later. Lou. And Lou loves you. Lou, our producer. And so does Ezra. I
4: love Lou. All right. We're
2: out. Peace.